You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And here are the Sixers in no particular hurry. Welcome to No Particular Hurry. My name is Dave Early. Our guest today is a must-follow on Twitter. If you're on Twitter and a Sixers fan, hop on and follow at M.W. Teller now. He's a self-proclaimed salary cap enthusiast. His opinions on how and when the Sixers should use their biannual exceptions, their large Al Horford trade exception, and their often overlooked small James Ennis one. He once tweeted a trade to acquire Alec Burks into existence. While you're busy thinking about the Sixers securing home court in the East, he's wondering which Western Conference teams they'd have home court against in a finals matchup. In short, he knows hoops, he lives in this team, and you could never hear enough opinions from a true hoops junkie like Marty Teller. One of my favorite Sixers follows and a friend of Liberty Ballers. Without further ado, let's talk playoffs and matchups and narratives with Marty Teller. How you doing, Marty? I'm doing well, Dave. It's a pleasure to uh, finally join you. Yeah. We're, illustrious we're podcast of yours. When I started thinking of, of dream guests or just even guests I could get on, um, you were one of the first people I wrote down and reached out to. I think that was last September. So with the Sixers eliminated at that point? I, Pro- probably. We were probably <laughs> a little downtrodden, and I, I probably went dark. I was like, I don't want to talk about the Sixers. <laughs> you, you, were down, you were down to talk offseason. I think we bookmarked that, and I think it never happened. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, that's, you know, that's when we really all peak is, is the <laughs> offseason. So this is like uncharted territory, right? Like this one seed and, you know, s- somewhat favorable matchups, it seems, on paper. You know, we'll get into it. It might not be all it's cracked up to be. But, yeah, this is like unfamiliar territory for us. It really is. And as we record this, I'm peeking at the screen. It's 142 to 113. Wizards are up. So it's set in stone. Sixers will host the eighth seed Washington Wizards. Any uh, initial reactions there? I, I, I tweeted this a little bit ago. I watched like most of the second half. I was I had some stuff with uh, uh, the kids uh, tonight, a little softball action. So I, I didn't get into the game to like the second half and it was it was pretty much evident that it was over uh almost immediately um it just i don't know it kind of feels right right like narrative wise like i'm talking about like you know how the sixers you know could pass could, could go you know part of me thought maybe the celtics would slip to eighth that seemed like that would be also kind of like poetic but i don't know like you know there's the Embiid and the rust thing you know there's you know the fact that it's you know kind of close by you know it looks like the sixers can end up kind of like just hanging around the northeast uh the mid-atlantic for for a couple months before I maybe saw that you, the final so you tweeted something out like they might not have to fly right yeah and it turns out i'm like was totally wrong about that i like got a mia culpa so like there's I, I do have some friends like in the sixers um like from the past that worked in like pr and stuff and they were like no they were like sometimes you would take like the acela but like I think this is bizarre, but they would fly to like Newark or like Dulles, like literally like a 30 minute plane ride and then, and then bus from there. So 
I guess I'm not, that's not a hundred percent true, but certainly it's better to be on a 30 minute plane ride than like, you know, a couple hours to Indiana or Miami or wherever. So um, <laughs> I, say, I think I just saw like a TikTok with Ben Simmons and the guy was cooking for him on a yacht and making, he was like, Ben, ben wants like, sushi tacos for breakfast on this yacht so i was like i guess they'd fly across the street if they wanted to like <laughs> yeah i think I, you know I, like i said I, I sometimes they do um do like the train and stuff but i guess for, for whatever reason maybe it's like an nba thing they um they do fly but but certainly it would be a better you know to stay local than have to fly all over the east you know to you know maybe milwaukee would be the place they could could possibly have to go yeah, I imagine it's those like like this year especially there were those wacky flights where like you would be in Philly at the end of the year had to go from like Houston to New Orleans, oh, yeah. San Antonio, and I imagine there you're sitting on these cramped plane chairs and you don't remember what city you're in. It's got to be rough. <laughs> well, you know what? And the problem is like I, I abhor flying, so like I have like a visceral reaction to like you know just having to like I, I just had to book like two flights recently, actually one for work and then one for pleasure, and it was both. I was just like, oh, I, I like not looking forward to it. The whole mass thing, like just uh. But didn't, you know, didn't Daryl Morey draft a guy who wouldn't fly? Was that Royce? Yeah, Royce. Yeah, it was yeah. Royce. But um, but I'm sure these guys are flying in much more comfort, so it's probably not as big of a deal as maybe we make it out to be. That the actual like flying, um, it's it's I'm sure it's more of the like getting in at four four a.m. is is probably the biggest. The biggest yeah, they even issue. have those like beautiful cushions that they get to sit on when they uh when they take a timeout, like someone yeah. <laughs> and give them, like lumbar support pillows. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so I, I think they're they're pretty comfortable. I, I eventually like not on this pod, but we'll have to do one maybe in the off season that's dedicated to just like fixing the NBA uh, schedule. It, like, it's it's something that's like driven me nuts now to the point of like I feel like I actually like need to get involved and, and you know go to the uh, the commissioner's office with like an actual plan and be like this is what you guys are doing makes no sense. I, I would assign someone to make sure I your I had your tweets on notification for like an <laughs> idea here and there. All right. Well, I appreciate that, man. I feel the same <laughs> about your, your, yourself there. Thank you. Um, although I'm not sure I'm as uh, productive. I, I might be just critical. <laughs> <laughs> You're not as bad as some. I mean, it's interesting, like listening to Sixers fans, like um, there's, there's the like, there's one side of the, the continuum that's like, this is great. We should enjoy every moment. Let's puff our chests out and like, you know, uh, just like, you know, like go for it. Like, I get that. Then there's like this this other side. I don't want to name names, but that are just like I don't know. Like this Wizards team looks tough. We might not get out of the first round. And it's like I'm definitely trying to stay in the middle where I'm not like going to overdo it. But I, you know, I'm really excited, man. I really like. Um, I want this thing to get started, and I really want to see where this all ends up. And so, what are your? How would you ballpark one one p.m. on Sunday? I guess that's really not prime time, is it? No, it's it's kind of brutal. I mean, I'm I'm a guy with like three kids, and you know we're doing like the the grandparent visit this weekend. Um, so like I'll be like just getting home, like trying to unpack kids and like do the grocery thing. So I don't even know if I'll like get a chance. I'll probably be like trying to catch up through the the DVR like up until the fourth quarter. But um, I don't know. It was interesting. It was interesting that like they kind of got that time slot. Um, because it you know I guess they didn't know that it would be the Wizards, but it's two decent sized markets. Um. So it's I was kind like, of I guess it's that. like when the Bucks host the Magic and they just know no one's watching this. 
Yeah. But, yeah. but with Russ and Beal and Embiid and two much bigger markets, you'd think, but maybe, maybe 1 PM on a Sunday. I mean, that is football time. Rich Hoffman had that tweet. Like that's true. It's like a bad NFC East game. <laughs> Probably what, still uh, draws its demise. What are your initial thoughts? Like, I mean, I guess, you know, recency bias aside of like tonight's, uh, you know, uh, boat racing of, of Indiana. Like what, what do you think? What do you think of the wizards? Like where they are now? I mean, they're a much different team than really when we probably played them um, a few months back. I don't even know what the last game was. I think we, we won. Did we win the series or did we sweep them this year? I think that we swept them three, nothing. I could be I wrong. Thought so. I, I thought that was the case also. I know that we beat them pretty easily. The game B got hurt. That's the one that's most memorable to me. And then Beal went for 60 in the one game, but we still won. Right? Yeah, yeah. Beal dropped 60 on us. Um, I think- do you have any fear? Do you have any fear of them? Like, do, do you think there's like really like a realistic, like non, non-injury, non-catastrophe of like, holy smokes, like this is like going to go to six or seven games? Do you think that, that that's possible? I'm, I'm the type of fan who, who wants it enough that I start to fear whatever the scenario is, you know, like. I would be one of those accountant nerds who's like, well, this could go wrong and this could go yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, they finished, they finished the season like 16 and four before Beal's hamstring or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, you know, there is a lot to be said for everything having broken. Right. And I am one of those fans who very much feared Miami in the second round. <laughs> um, so I love this, this scenario. If I could have had everything perfect, we would have gotten the Pacers and the I would have flipped flipped the Bucks and the Nets seed, okay. okay. Um, so that the Nets had that super hard route where they'd be hosting Miami at Milwaukee and then at Philly, assuming no upsets. Um, but this is good. I mean, this is really good. I think there's not someone in that interior that you really fear. I don't think Gafford's gonna get the benefit of the whistle against Joel Embiid, right? Um, like I, I just I hate those games where Joel is tentative to go in the paint, and sometimes a guy like Stephen Adams on a random Tuesday in February might entice <laughs> right. Joel to say screw it. But right. I think I think he can feast. I think um, it feels like a five game series to me. I don't think it's a sweep, um, and it could be one of those ones where like you know the Sixers have been off for a while and the Wizards are kind of riding high, and it, you know I, I don't I don't think this is what could ha- will happen, but I, I think this could happen is like them losing game one and then just winning four straight. Or I think that would be just like the Nets two years ago. Yeah. Or I think more likely is the Sixers will come out and play well at home. I think, you know, I think I saw 11,000 fans. I mean, I think the place is going to be feeling pretty good. I think the energy is going to be good there. I could see them getting two, then doing the like, you know, kind of, you know, what do they say? Gentleman sweep, like lose game three. um, And then maybe win four and five. That feels like more likely kind of the path. you know, if Beal's if Beal's hamstring was if he didn't have the hamstring thing, I'd be like, you know, I think there's a world it goes six. Hamstrings just don't usually get better. I don't care that like everyone's like, oh well, there's two days between this game and then two days. Like, dude, 24, 48 hours ain't making a difference with a hamstring. I'm I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I feel like a hamstring is gonna go one or two directions. Like he's either gonna be okay and play through it and warm it up. Like he visibly did that against the Celtics. He like was limping in the first quarter. Yeah. Great. He was like that. Yeah. I mean, he, he started cold again today. I mean, I think that's like reasonable that that, that's kind of how he'll, he'll be. Yeah. But he could be at any moment he could aggravate it. So are you, do you agree with that? You think five, you think five games for, 
for with you, you you think they're going to win the series obviously i right? do think they're going to win the series i'm somewhere in between five and six games okay so i'd have to pick between five and six um because i'm pessimistic i think i'll go six and the sixers wrap it up in washington okay. um interesting i'll go five i think five and i, I think um I just think our defense will, you know, I, I think this is, this is a defense series for us. I think, you know, it could be one of where like, we don't look the best. I could see some of that where it's, you know, everyone kind of starts hand wringing, like, I don't know, you know, I think, but I think it could just be one where the defense just does its job and we just, we do just enough offensively. Um, you know, it'd be like the equivalent in football where it's like you win, um, you know, 23 to whatever. And it's like, you had four field goals and a touchdown or something. You know what I mean? Like an just, Alex Smith game. <laughs> yeah. You did like, you just did just enough. You kind of got the ball in good field position and you, you, you played smart, got some turnovers, that type of thing. So. All right. Let me my- read you a stat. Uh, so Washington is ranks 11th in the league over the last two weeks with 117.8 points per 100. Mm-hmm. So almost a top, top 10 offense over the last two weeks philly's tough to rank because they had some blowouts um, yeah and you gotta take the last like just like you do like record wise like i do think there's you know that 16 and 4 record like we do know we've learned this that that last month of the season is kind of a weird like it's not really a true prognosticator is what i would say like that you know the whole like um uh you know, like when, when teams come in with momentum, like the whole theory of momentum has like been kind of disproven like multiple times. And I just think the NBA especially is so weird with like tanking and semi tanking or whatever you want to kind of like describe it as that. I don't think you just, I just don't think you get a pure read on like the numbers or like the win loss record um, that lasts. Maybe it's, maybe it's like the last three weeks of the season. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's probably tough. And I bet if we spoke to some math nerds, far nerdier than we are they would they would confirm this okay so you we we have both have the sixers going through um how do you want to do this do you want to just kind of open it up to the eastern conference and kind of talk through like what we want to see and what we think think we'll see yeah yeah and kind of ride along with the sixers through it let's go series by series and let's see if we can hit on any narratives predictions and rootings yeah and then we can jump we'll do the west real quick on the back end just to kind of put our, our names to some teams, but we'll, we'll focus on the East, I think. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Sixers in five and a half between the two of us, <laughs> yeah. let's go to um, Nick's Hawks. What do you think of that one? I've gone back and forth on this one, man. I think I really respect the Knicks and the defense that they bring. I, I think it's going to play in the, in the playoffs. I think it's going to matter. Um, I think the home court is going to matter. I think it's a seven game series and I think that the Hawks win. Wow. That would be so crazy for the Hawks to win in seven in MSG. I just think that they just have a little bit more firepower. I, I watched a, a handful of their games down the stretch. And when, when, when Boggins healthy, they do feel like a different team. Do, do you feel the same way? I do. I think that the Hawks are the better team. I, as some Sixers fans, I bandwagon the Knicks to block Miami from our side of the bracket. <laughs> so I started watching, like, stayed up late to watch Knicks lose to the Lakers. I did see them beat the Clippers, and 
as someone who follows your Twitter, I was excited that maybe the Sixers could get home court against the Clippers should they meet in the finals. Yeah, huge. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like that, it's so that's an underrated kind of like subplot to this whole thing is is kind of where we fit into the overall uh, home court uh, yeah. picture. It's the kind of thing where you want to rest your guys for that last game against Orlando. And then you would kick yourself for three weeks if you yeah. met them and had to. It was I, honestly that to me that was such a such a good sign that you know they were you know they did the right thing. I think you you rested your guys and then for them to still get that win, even though it's against Orlando, but to still figure out how to get that win, I, I was really like, I don't want to say like proud of the team, but like you know I just it made me feel really good about this season. Like it, I, it would have left like not a sour taste in my mouth, but I would have been like a little bit displeased. Be like, it did. Man. It changed. It changed the vibes. It did. It was just good to see. And, you know, Maxi, well, I mean, we can kind of touch on him, you know, before we, we hop off. But I mean, you know, there's, you got to kind of feel good about him. Not even necessarily so much in the short term, though, maybe, maybe there's a, a place for him this postseason. I, I can see that argument. But I think long term, just, you know, what, what this team has seemed to lack and, and what he could be capable of. And you hear about the work ethic with him. That's the thing that keeps standing out in my mind. And his ability, even though he's a little bit small, and I don't mean to like get off fast, but I just, I want to like just talk about him for one second. Like he dunks the ball. You, you notice that? Like, I feel like that's like an underrated thing. Like it's a lot of smaller guys, like don't really dunk or can't and, and he can pretty easily. And it just makes me think he's a little bit more athletic than maybe like you, you, you think he is or we he, think he is. He is. You notice um, when he's in and the Sixers starters are on the bench, they'll stand up when he's got a fast break. Yeah, they want to see what he's going to do, and they know he might like put the ball to over his right shoulder yeah. and pump and jam. So yeah, so, I agree with you. So he's so he's, he's exciting. So what do you think, Knicks? Knicks Hawks? What are you looking for in that series? What are you expecting? What do you? When? I, what are you rooting for? Are you? I so I think I'm rooting. Also, believe it or not, I think I may actually also be rooting for the Hawks. To be honest. Okay. You think the Sixers would would smoke the Hawks? I'm not saying smoke. I think I think either one of those series is a six-game series, to be completely honest. I, I think the Knicks would beat the shit out of us. I hope I can say that on this podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just let my editor know it's explicit. <laughs> I just, sorry. I just, I just think that they will grind out games. And I think it will be one of those series where, like, you never really lose control of it. Like, maybe you never, like, are down, by, you know, by a game or anything. But it's just, like, grueling and, like, I don't, I think Atlanta could be six games, but I just don't think it'll take that type of physical toll. And that's, you know, again, with our guys, like you got to think of like the physical and it does worry me like the physical toll I think a Knicks series could take. So I think to your point, I, I agree. I think the Hawks are a better team. Um, but I think with the home court and with, you know, Thibodeau and, you know, Tibbs and I just think that they can make it a seven game series, but I think the talent will show out in seven games for the Hawks. Right. Um, I, I agree. I, I would take the Hawks in six. I think I'm one of those um, fans who sort of thinks if you just pick the more talented team, you'll be right most of the time. And yeah. I think the Knicks are really, really, really well coached. They play so hard. They play tremendous defense. But the Hawks are, are like sneakily loaded. They've got a lot of talent on that team. They do, man. They do. It's going to be real interesting when, when we hopefully get to do our offseason pod uh, for the first time. That's a team, you know, I, I, I'm very curious about because they, they're ripe for, like, some consolidation, right? It, they are, yeah. Um, and, and Capella is is going to defend Joel Embiid 
I think, better than Nerlens would. Hmm. Uh, I think they have a better answer. I mean, you you know Nerlens is tremendous, and we love him, and he should probably be our backup center. But uh, Joel knows he can work him. He's a small-bodied guy compared to Joel. Right. Joel offers a little more resistance there. Um, but like you said, it would be a slog. And even if the Sixers swept both of those series, every game would come down like a bucket. Yeah, and then against the Knicks, you mean? Yeah, I don't think they would sweep, but I would root for the Knicks because I think they would present less of so, a terror factor for me. Okay, so so you go you go Hawks win prediction Hawks win series, and but Knicks but Knicks root Knicks rooting. That's you. My yeah, my dream scenario okay. there would be the Sixers sweep the Wizards and then the Knicks win in like double overtime of a seven game series. Yeah, I mean, I do think I do think it goes. I mean, you said six, I think seven. I mean, I think it's a long series, which which to me definitely benefits the Sixers, even though the <clears throat> the Hawks are you know fairly young. Um, I, I think I think after playing this many games, I don't really buy the like youth thing. I think it I think it wears on you. I think the more time the Sixers get between series and and games only benefits them. I really do. Yeah, I think especially in a year like this, keeping fresh is huge. I mean, you watched the Lakers struggle to make the playoffs last night. Oh, how bummed were you last night? I was really hoping the Lakers would play the Jazz. That's what I was really hoping for out west. That was like, I, I just wanted to. I just not. I don't. I don't hate the Jazz. I know like a lot of people do. I mean, I'm. I'm just not. A, I'm not a fan of them by any means. But I just thought it would be kind of hilarious if, if the Jazz had to play the Lakers. I was actually rooting for the Lakers, and I couldn't explain to you why. I didn't huh. really. I didn't really care. I I enjoyed a great game, but I found myself maybe feeling bad for them that they were so banged up or something. What do you? What, we'll talk about the West, obviously, when we get through the East. But was your your thoughts on the play-in? What did you think? I thought it was fun. I didn't have a problem with it. Um, I thought it kind of, you know, it was meant to reduce tanking. I'm not sure if it did that on the whole. Maybe. It, Maybe it starts some teams tanking until later, like puts it off. Yeah. Um, I think it creates some opportunities. If you were one of those gung-ho teams who wanted to do it from the jump, you could. Um, but I thought that playing itself made it made for more drama. Certainly, like the Wizards are a weird case study of a team who looked like they were going to get a top five pick for a minute. And then they were like chasing a 10th seed. And all of a sudden, they had to defend their eighth seed. Right, right, right. I liked it too. I, I mean, the games were mostly terrible, except for last night, which was awesome. Um, but I think I think there's opportunities as this goes on and, and matures that you know I think you will have more teams maybe that are kind of like scuttling through the season, but maybe pull it together and, and, and go after that you know tenth spot or ninth spot, and then you know I think you could have some compelling games. I mean, I think you know it, it was a little surprising that the games were as uneven as they were we'll see about tomorrow night I, I again i'm curious what your thoughts are on that when we get to the west but um i don't know i have a feeling tomorrow night could be a pretty good game so um i, I thought it was i think it's a good thing i, I actually like i think it's a, a good one of the few like tweaks that the nba has made that I, I think is really really cool and compelling yeah if it was up to me i would run it back yeah i think i think they will i think they will if you listen to that woes and low podcast it seems like it's here so. Yeah, and they mentioned uh, they used the word fun like nine times for that Knicks Hawk series. That yeah, was funny. Big up. All right, let's go to the other side. So we want to do Nets and Celtics first. Do you want to do Milwaukee and uh, in Miami? Um, Milwaukee and Miami is more interesting to me. I think the Nets are kind of going to work the Celtics. 
Okay, that's interesting. I'll, we'll, let's put a pin in that. We'll come back to that because I, yeah. I may I may feel slightly different, but we'll, oh, interesting. All right, all right. So give me your give me your Bucks uh, Heat, you know, ninety second preview. What do you, what do you think there? I I was uh, uh, like Miami looked like they were really clicking, and then Jimmy Butler missed the game of the year with a back, and now he claims he's going to play, but that they're even asking and talking about this makes me think he's not one hundred percent. Here we are a week later. Um, I think the Bucks. I would have picked them anyway, but if I if I'm thinking that Jimmy's not quite right with back tightness, I think that they that the Bucks might just like pound them the first two games. I think the Bucks roll them. I yeah, think it's a five game series. I think you know we'll get to it for the Eastern Conference. I I think I think things are setting up for Sixers Bucks. To be honest with you, wow. I think um, okay. I think the Bucks are are a little bit of a sleeping giant and. Um, I think the Drew Holiday addition has has really changed the the complexity of that team and and what their ceiling is. So um, I think I think you know I think the games will be decent. Like I don't think when I say like they're going to roll them, I just mean like I think they're going to beat them in five games. I just think Miami gets one maybe down in Miami, but I think um, I don't know, man. I, I that team I, I think we're destined. You know, twenty years later, you know, again, you know, East the the you know part two <laughs> Eastern Conference Finals, Philly and, and Milwaukee. Um, is, is what what I ultimately think. Yeah. The, so the Vegas odds on the Bucks making the finals is twenty five and a half percent. So if we're assuming that they would be underdogs at Brooklyn for round two, and they would be underdogs at the conference finals in Philly for round three, that means they 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 have to be like the if, implied odd of round one is like ninety five percent. If, if, they, if they beat the Nets in round two, those odds are going to change. I think if they beat that, the Nets in round two, that we would not go into that into the Eastern Conference Finals as favorites. Okay, yeah. So you think the, it would be like a Sixers two-point underdogs at home, two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. What do you think the line would be, just curious, on um, Sixers hosting the Wizards Sunday? How do you think it'll open if it hasn't? I'm sure it's open already. Um, just guess. Four? Four, okay. That's smaller than I would have guessed. I might have guessed five and a half or something. Yeah, I was I, when you first said it, the first number that was going to come out of my mouth was five. And then I got, a, I got like a little nervous, like even just thinking about, like thinking what that would actually mean. So you said four, I said five and a half. Maybe it'll be five. Okay. <laughs> Assuming we're oracles. All right, so, so you think the Bucks are a sleeping giant. Interesting. Um, Adil Royster, one of our writers, said that they're the team he most fears, and we should fear them more than the, the Nets. I, I agree with him. Um, I follow him, and, and I think um, I think that's right. I mean, let's you know, I think we both agree that the Bucks are going to beat the Heat. I mean, I, I you know, and I do think it's one thing I've, I've mentioned this in like other pods I've, I've joined. Like, you know, the NBA is about like you know roles and and superstars and situations and matchups, and I feel like you know the right matchup it like could make the difference of your playoff run. Right. And so like us against Miami for se- seven games in the second round, I might see that as like a six or seven game series, but I just, I think my, I think Milwaukee and it sounds odd, right? Because last year Miami beat them, but I just think they're built better now. And I think they're much more equipped to, you know, if Miami makes that deal for Lowry, maybe I feel different, but I think now like, you know, um, Milwaukee's guard play is, is superior to Miami. I agree with you totally, and I think it's weird. I think the Bucks would be bigger favorites 
to host Miami than the Sixers would be for some weird reason. I yeah. guess maybe it's that last game where they steamrolled the Sixers. Yeah. Okay, so so Nets Nets Celtics because you you seem to feel as strongly about this series as I did about Milwaukee and um, <laughs> and Miami. Yeah, I, I think uh, I just don't give I don't give the Celtics much of a chance. They can't win the series. I don't I don't think they can. But I do think so. I'm like the number one Tatum hater. Like I think he's you know I think he's pretty overrated com- compared to how he's spoken about. Like. People say he's like the centerpiece of a championship team. I don't think I don't see that. I think I think he's a, would be an elite number two guy on a championship team. But I, I, when I look at his game and I think about how you would surround him with what would be complementary players for him to be the best, I just don't see that. I don't see that as a championship ceiling. But, but I think he's obviously very good. And I I think you know again this sounds weird because like I, I'm I'm not the biggest Tatum guy. I do think he'll carry them to a win or two. I do think that they have the capacity to score enough. Um, Marcus Smart's, you know, just such a good defender. I, I think there's enough there. And if Kemba catches fire one game, I do think they can get a game or two. Um, I don't I don't think that's a sweep. I don't think it's a sweep. Yeah, so Kemba has actually resembled Kemba like over his last 10 games or so. Yeah, that's, a, that's kind of what I, to my eye, that's, it feels that way. Yeah. Um, so he, he gives them another dimension. Like I would have just looked at them as sort of a, uh, um, one of those teams that just has one star and they, and he can put up 40, you know, Mm -hmm. like Kobe Bryant in between Shaq and Powell, like he might score so many points, but they weren't really a threat to win a series. Um, I can't, I would have seen him like that. It's funny to call compare him to Kobe after you said like he's the second best player. He's trashed, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I, you know, if they were to win one game, I think I would take that. Uh, I'd love it if they could win two and just push Brooklyn a little bit. And you'd obviously, so you're, you know, we both agree Nets. We would both be rooting for Boston, right? I mean, oh obviously. yeah. If okay. someone could just knock the Nets out, I would. I could breathe easy because. I agree with you that the Bucks are awesome and the Bucks could easily come into Philly and win that series. But I feel like we know what their ceiling is at this point. It's it's possible that the Nets ceiling is just, you know, gangbusters. And just to go back, we we would both be rooting for Miami, correct? Or no, we would be rooting for Milwaukee assuming the Nets were are getting through as someone who could actually beat the Nets. What are your thoughts there? I hadn't really considered that cuz I kind of accepted Milwaukee winning that all year long. <laughs> Um, I would take, I would take, oh man, that's a tough one. Who would I think has a better chance to beat Brooklyn? I guess it's the Bucks. I think there's just no one in that, in either of those teams like Giannis. Giannis just might be so good that he could win that series on both ends. So let's talk about that series. So you have, um, you have Milwaukee and you have the Nets. You, you think with Brooklyn having home court, you're you're taking them in six. You're taking them in seven. It sounds like that's where you were leaning. It's so hard to answer because are they fully healthy? If they are, yeah, I think I think they'll win that in maybe six. Um, I could see it going seven as they acclimate to all playing together. Uh-huh. But they're so stacked if they're healthy. I mean, hard, I, um, Harden at yeah. this point. They are man. They're 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 freaking stacked. I I have the Bucks in seven in that series. Um, and I would be probably rooting for the Bucks because again, it goes back to matchups. I, 
to me, there's just something about the way I see, I don't, just like, I don't think the Nets really have an answer for Embiid. I don't think they have an answer for Giannis at all. The Nets. Like, the Nets at all. Yeah. Um, and I think he could like legitimately like average like 40 points in that series. But I think when you add in the fact, like it's not just Middleton now, it's also Drew. And you've got some dogs on that team like Tucker now that have, you know, shown that, you know, whole guard Durant, you know, Durant's going to do, you know, what Durant does. But, you know, he's a guy who you can put on him and not feel like, oh, my gosh, like we're like we've got no shot. Um, I just feel like Milwaukee's a little bit like, you know, the disappointment of the last couple of years. They strike me as a team that's not going to like back down. And I don't know. We've seen these super teams before. You know, I think like the the Trailblazers, like I always think of them like with super teams, like in the NBA, like when they, you know, added all that talent. And these guys are obviously much, much, much better. You're talking like three of the top, what, you know, two of the top six guys and three of the top 12, something like that. Um, Wait, which, which Blazers team are you talking about? Just Wallace. like, you know, back, yeah, like when they would get like, they had like Wallace and it was like Bonzi, like they were just like at, like somehow, the, I don't know if like, I forget if like the salary cap was like different back then, but it was like, they just kept at, like Pippen like, was involved there at one time. Right. It was like, right. And all these guys, you know, there is something about like Milwaukee's team being together for so long and just adding like that one additional piece. I, I, I do wonder if like continuity um, with like maybe not totally equivalent talent, but like 90% of it, if that continuity, if that's where you might see that being more advantageous than just the overall talent. So um, I think me match up better with Milwaukee and I think Milwaukee matches up better with Brooklyn is how I feel. And I, I just think, I just think, you know, maybe next year, Brooklyn, it's, it's a game over. They play together. They, they, you know, lock it down. They make some moves this summer and it's like, Oh man, this is, this is going to yeah. be tough. Maybe, I, maybe I, this is the year where Miami I think lost to Dallas in the finals. Hopefully. Exactly. I, exactly. And that's the way I think it is. I think this is the year that they're a little bit vulnerable and I, I want to be scared playing them, especially because to me, if we make it, to, assuming we make it to the Eastern conference finals, which we should. And if we don't, I think like, again, barring anything catastrophic injury wise, like, like, it would be a colossal disappointment if we weren't, didn't make the Eastern conference finals, you know, things happen, right? Like just things happen. And, you know, if Harden got nicked up or Irving got nicked up, like that's why you want to, I think Maury has even said this or maybe Sam did, like that's why you want to put yourself in just at least in that position, because, you know, look at when the Raps won, like look at the Warriors team that they ended up playing. Like they don't beat the Warriors. Maybe they do, but if the Warriors are at full strength, probably not. Right. So, so you never know, like what happens along the way, and what happens over a seven-game series if Milwaukee and the Nets have to play that. So, I, I think I would probably be rooting for Milwaukee, and um, I do think Milwaukee's going to win that series. Okay, uh, do you want to f- you want to go to the next series? Yeah, let's see who's so. We, so I have Sixers Bucks. You have Sixers Nets, right? I do. Yeah. Okay. So do do either one of us think the Sixers make the finals? I think the Sixers, I think we could say, I think it was Evan Macy with the Philly Voice who said, like, the Sixers have the, the cleanest path to the finals, which is something I was thinking about. Um, is, there, is there a team left right now who has a, an easier route to the finals, just looking at their opponents, not looking at their own team? And I think the Sixers might have the best road there. The, the only thing they would need to do that would be even like surprising 
is beat the Nets or uh, beat the Bucks at home. And neither of those would be shocking. Right. I mean, that's, and that's why you play for the one seed, right? Because yep. like, you know, Daryl has said this too, that, you know, he, it's funny. I got this question through to him. I forget how it was like through like a Sixers podcast. And it was what I was trying to get at was like how important getting the one seed would be to avoid like that, that side of the bracket. And you I needed I to ask it, a question that basically said, I want the one seed desperately. <laughs> and, and he was, he kind of gave me this answer where it's like, you know, statistically, you know, the only, uh, advantage we've really seen is like in game sevens well okay fine like it you know obviously their their chances of making the finals were superior being the one seed but i'll take this at face value i think the sixers will go to the finals and they'll beat the bucks in seven games and i think that home court will prove to be um why it happened why it happened yep i think i think it'll be one of those series where there's you know we can get into like narratives or whatever but i do envision it kind of resembling what happened 20 years ago, Dave, and I don't remember, I know how old you are, if like how clear like that series was, but I could see it being a series where like we lose a couple games by like double digits, like, like get kind of smoked and, and we win a couple squeakers and like game six, you're looking at like the differential in the series and it's like bucks, you know, bucks are up, you know, plus seven or plus eight for the series. But are it's you talking three- about the, uh, the Ray Allen big dog? Yeah. 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 Was Sam Cassell on that team? He was, I believe wow. so. Yeah. And I don't know if that's, you know, I was 18 at the time. So like, that's really what like, you know, drove me to just be like a Sixers nut for the next 20 years. I'd kind of 95, 96, I had really gotten into it after the um, Bulls kind of wrapped up in, you know, that first, uh, that first repeat. Um, but like, I don't know, like, I just, I do remember the Bucks playing well in that series and, and winning some games pretty convincingly. And then us winning like a couple of dog fights. I just, I think like that's how that series could go where it's like, like, if you're a Bucks fan, you would walk away at the end of the series and being like, we were like, we're the better team. Like we're the better team. And we lost that series. I think that's how it could go. Um, and I'm, I'm going to bet on the seventh, the, the home game in the, in uh, game seven. Yeah, yeah, you do see some of those. I, I still think about the the series where the Raptors beat the Bucks and how easily that could have went the other way because Bucks are up two nothing and Game Three goes to double OT. Yeah, George Hill had some huge shots and like the Bucks could have won that title. So, so what do you think? You think um, I Sixers, would take you would take, take the, Nets. the Nets over the Sixers in six of that series. 16. I think that's fair. I think if it is the Nets, I think that's what I would my you know, my heart would say, my heart would say, you know, Sixers somehow get it in seven, but I, my, my head says six against the Nets. Yeah. My heart, my heart is being, um, out screamed by my head in that one. Yeah. And, um, I'm just picturing what Durant did to the Bucks, even though they lost in their first of two meetings at the end of the year. And he just was like, he's just an alien. (laughs) How, how would you, so this is something I've thought about a lot. Like, you know, because I I think I think the Nets like are logical to 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 be there, and I, I understand why you would pick them. Matchup wise, who who would you put on Durant for the Sixers? And I, I you know there's pick you know screens and and you know everyone moves around and guards different people, but like as a primary defender, who would you put on Durant? Man, I guess I would uh, I would do a mix of uh, gr- Green and and Harris. Harris, interesting. Okay, so and you would put Ben on who? I would put Ben on Harden because I think that's, that's the guy you're going to get the best combination. Like Kyrie's what Brett Brown calls a water bug, and sometimes those guys can go past Ben. 
Yeah. Um, but Harden is the guy where I think you at least get the benefit of Ben's size, elite size and agility. Um, and, and, and he'll be playing point when they're all healthy. Yeah. And who, who, so, and just Kyrie is just kind of like pick your poison. It's, you know, a little bit of Kyrie's going to, Kyrie's probably going to hurt you a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, or you're going to have to go with, I guess, Seth on him. Uh, I think dude, that's, that's gotta be like a, there's no way doc is going to play Maxi in the Eastern conference finals. So I just don't see it, but, but that could be a George Hill series, right? Like, like, you know, at least George Hill's still, you know, I know he's 34, 35, but he's strong enough. And I think still has decent enough lateral quickness where I think he probably gives you a better chance than Seth defensively against um against Kyrie. But but the advantage of Seth obviously is if if you can get the matchup, I don't know who Kyrie would guard. Um, you know, having to guard, you know, Seth and his movement, you know, is is probably a good thing too. Why don't why don't you give me like the the gun to your head rotation that you're running with if you're if you're hosting game one against either the Bucks or the Nets? Like who's in your who's in your rotation? <sighs> Man, I've thought about this so many times, and it's like one of those things where, like, the more I think about it, the more like confused I get. Because, because <laughs> just and and I think part of it is, um, you know, sidebar. Like a lot of people, I think you may have even been guilty of this, and that's fine. I get it. Like of, of displeasure over like Doc's rotations. Um, and, yes. And the guilty. flip is the flip is for me is I, I didn't like how formulaic Brett Brown's rotations were. And I think there's something to be said during the regular season to sort of like, just play it out, play like what you think makes sense or, you know, whatever you want to do to establish like what is actually real and what's not. And, and I know everyone's like, yeah, you can't play Matisse and uh, Dwight and Ben together. And it's like, yeah, that's right. But like, just because it was right after 10 minutes didn't necessarily mean it was going to be right after 50. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. now there's, now there's enough of a sample size to say that. And I would, I would be now disappointed to see that type of lineup, but in the regular season, it doesn't, doesn't bother me as much to like, you know, like we all want is like get as much data as you can about as many lineups as possible. So that when, you know, it's, it's really crunch time. You, you hopefully have landed on some, some things you feel good about, you know, I don't, how good let me ask you a question before I kind of answer your question because I do want to answer it how how do you feel about shake right now like what's your on a scale of one to ten what's your confidence meter on shake it's pretty it's pretty low where if I'm shortening my rotation I'm giving you know I've I've already got Matisse down at 20 minutes I got to get him up at least to 25 in my mind and and if I'm Having these, like you said, if I had a gun in my head in a huge game, I want a lot of George Hill. I, I don't care how old he is. I've seen him perform, and I, I trust him um, more. And so I want to give a lot of those minutes to George, and then that makes Shake a little bit redundant in my mind to the point where I'm turning to Furcon as, as a shooter, yeah, pure, pure volume I, shooter. I am um, squeezing Shake a little bit. I think so, too. I think, like, I almost think of Furkan like Furkan is like first right of refusal. Like I, I think I would kind of give him the benefit of the doubt in, in, a, you know, maybe not every game, but like most games and, and kind of give him, you know, maybe some <clears throat> late first quarter, early second quarter minutes and just see kind of like if he's in any kind of rhythm. Yep. Um, I, I, I do think, you know, he's, he has shot well enough and has taken enough big shots that he's on team scouting reports. So I think when the ball moves to him, 
defenses react. So I, I think, you know, there's a little bit in the, of gamemanship, you know, in the playoffs where, okay, if you're going to beat us with, with Furkan Korkmaz, we're going to let you. But at the same time, the book will be like, you got to get out to him, right? So, you know, I think teams initially will like overreact to, you know, the ball swinging to him. So I think there's a benefit early in the playoffs of playing Furkan. And if he's making shots, I think you just keep playing, right? Like, I think you just keep, keep riding that. Um, I think George Hill gets minutes. Um, the Dwight minutes are going to be really tricky. I've been thinking a lot about that. And I actually think Dwight's done a good job this year, but I almost wonder if you, if you don't. So we have Embiid at what, 38? We think he'll play 37, 38 in the playoffs. I don't know if he'll average that, but if it was a big game, like remember game four against the Raptors two right, years you ago? Would, like, right. If, if it's a big one, you'd push him to 38, 39, probably yeah, if you had yeah. to. So, so you're finding maybe 12 minutes for Dwight. I wonder if like what I would do again, with, with all the sample size we have is like, I w- would play Dwight with Ben for maybe four or three of those minutes and really just handcuff Ben and Joel together um, pretty much completely. And then I would run like lineups with Dwight when like those two are off the court of like George Hill, Tobias, and then like at least one of like um, Danny or Seth and then like one other guy with whoever, you know, whoever it may be. Green, Seibel, and Corkmon. Yeah, just, just try to have like, okay, I've got a ball handler. I've got, a, I've got at least two starters. So I'm not like drowning, like, you know, talent versus talent. And, um, you know, d- defensively, we should be okay, hopefully. Um, I think I would try to like live with that for like the other six or seven minutes. Again, if the wheels come off, you know, you're going to have to adjust, you know, but I, I think that's would be my play is like, I don't think you can completely avoid the like Ben and Dwight minutes, but I think you could limit them to like, you know, the last two minutes of the first quarter or something like that. And then you open up that next quarter with George Hill, Seth, Matisse, Furkan, Dwight, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, or to, you know, put Tobias in there. Like, I just think, I think you're going to have to have some Ben minutes with Dwight, but I do think there's a path to, um, to having them not, you know, not be together for the majority of the Dwight minutes. And I, that would be, you know, I know everyone has, likes to get Embiid minutes without Ben, but it, to me, it's, it's been bared out that like those two are fine together for the most part. Um, and I just, I wouldn't worry about, I wouldn't worry about that. I think that a guy having a guy like Dwight is nice against for those minutes where maybe Beal is on the bench and Russell Westbrook is in the game because mm-hmm. Dwight can, they don't have a center who can force you to pull Dwight 30 feet out. Do they like, they're not no. going to put Davis at the five in these reserve units. Maybe they would. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I, that, to me, that would be like, we're desperate. <laughs> like, kind of, kind yeah. of move. That feels like a little bit desperate. Because then maybe Dwight would get a couple dunks on the other end. Right. I mean, and Dwight, to be honest, like that's been an underrated part of like he, he's been much better offensively than I kind of thought he would be at this stage of his career. He, you know, he does have some like stone hands sometimes, but um, he, you know, he's still got like a little bit of post game, like to the point where, like you said, if your team's going to defend him with Bertans, like he's going to score easily on the other H- end. Hill or Easy. Shake is going to get him a lob. Corkmas might get him a lob. Right. So, so to go back to your question, to me, George Hill is, is definitely a lock rotation guy. Um, Matisse is definitely a lock rotation guy. And then I'm probably kind of like, to me, it's like Furkan and Shake are kind of like my lefty and righty reliever. Like, I'm kind of like, what do I think I need tonight? Like, do mm. I just, do, do I just need like the shooting? Do I just need like the space or, 
do I need like, you know, maybe something a little bit more like where, you know, there's a little creativity there with shake. And, and, and I would just have a quick hook with either one, honestly. Like I would just, you know, you're going to have to get offense from one of them almost every single game. Right. Cause like Matisse isn't bringing you anything offensively. George Hill <laughs> is, is, is okay. He'll create offense, but from a points perspective, I don't think he's going to get you the like 11, 12, 13 points you need. And I, so I think you're going to have to get it from one of them. And I think you just, to me, if I, if I, again, if I'm doc, I'm, I'm, that's how I'm treating it where it's like, okay, I, you know, gut feeling, whatever it is, match up, whatever. It's like, okay, tonight it's, it's, and, and maybe that's a good way to keep both guys kind of engaged, right? Like you don't put one on ice for a whole series and then try to rev the engine up. You're kind of like, Hey, I'm going to kind of play you both. And we're just going to like, we're going to see how the game flows. And one game could be yours. One game could be yours, but we're going to get you in there, but it ain't going to be a long leash. Yeah. He, he had a comment that he's not afraid to do a 10 man rotation. I thought he very... said, didn't he say like 11 or 12? He might. I thought have. it was even long, more than that. But the way I read that was just meaning like, I, again, I could be like giving Doc way too much of the benefit of the doubt. I thought he just meant more like in like over the course of a seven game series, I may use eleven or twelve guys. Like I'm, I may not just make an eight man rotation. That that's all that's playing. Like you know, if if all of a sudden I feel like we need a stretch five, like he's going to play Mike Scott, which I don't want to say necessarily, but you know, I can understand like that's what he has to work with. If he feels like, you know, Hey, this game, you know, because of something that happened in the previous game, instead of, you know, Dwight, we're going to, we're going to go this way. I could see him doing that. Yeah. So that, that's how I interpreted it. Like I'll, I, I may use Maxi. I may use some of these deeper guys. Um, in a, in a series, not necessarily like throughout one game. Yeah, I, I mean, he did some of that with the Clippers. I think I think Terrence Mann played a few minutes here and there uh, last year in the bubble. So, and and when I hear him say I, I'm not scared to play a big rotation, I don't think he really will. I think, but it but it might mean like he's definitely not going to do just an eight man rotation. Like we saw we saw the Heat go with a seven man for the finals at, at points. Right. Right. I, um, I, to me, to me, the real, the really interesting thing will be if he plays Maxi. How much and if he plays Maxi? Because I think as much as like you know, Shake and Furcon could be wild cards and just you know being able to have like you know the Shake game or the Furcon game. I don't know, man. Like we saw it last year with Hero, like who, who you know again didn't have the best year this year, but like if you're fearless, like. I don't know. There's some, there's a benefit to like not knowing what you don't know, right? Like that's like a thing. That's like a phrase people say. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, if if Doc's willing to use Maxi, I think you're gonna get more than you're gonna give up, and whatever that means, like in terms of experience, in terms of getting exposed, like you know, on switches or anything like that. Like that kid just he's he's gonna play hard. He's gonna get to the basket. I, I just I would be I would really think about trying almost like you will with Matisse, which I would think he's going to do, which is like, this is what I want to do with Matisse. I would almost create that with like a package almost for Maxi, where it's like, I'm going to get this kid 14 minutes a game. And I'm, this is how I'm going to do it. It's going to be, you know, seven here and seven there, whatever <laughs> it is. It like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, you know how there's like, you know, team, I use like NFL analogy sometimes like you know a running back will have like a a package like like a Taysom Hill Taysom Hill kind of deal yeah I just I, I just I just wonder if if he's willing to do that and I think if he is it does raise the Sixers ceiling like 
a, a little bit more more than really anyone else could on that bench. Yeah, we're we're gonna get you some of those Percy Harvin type plays. All right, we got to jump to the West, right? We're gonna run out of time here. I feel well, like so <laughs> Utah is waiting for their waiting to see if they'll play the Warriors or the Grizzlies. So who do you got tomorrow? Donovan Mitchell hasn't played in a month. Do you think there's any chance that they could lose the first round? I don't think that if they played the Lakers, I thought they would lose in the first round, but I don't think they'll lose in the first round. Um, okay. I couldn't believe last night, and this is like the magic of, of Steph. Like, and, I, and they have guys that play hard, don't get me wrong, but like when I looked at that rest of the team outside of, um, you know, Steph and Draymond and I guess Wiggins, man, that team's bad. The, the Warriors, dude, that roster is bad. It's, it's, you know, and I like there's, there's things that like you feel good about. Like Toscano Anderson's a nice player. Like, I, I want to be sure, like, I'm not just trying to like rag on them, but like, they're not a championship caliber team. And like, if you were to take, if you were to take Steph off that team, I mean, what, how many wins would that team have? 12? I mean, completely being completely honest. 15? Yeah, they could be one of the worst teams easily. They were last year. So, so, um, I actually think Memphis wins that game tomorrow, to be honest with you. When when LeBron hit that shot, Steph Curry's body language said, you yep. know what, Memphis might have a chance here. <laughs> I, to me, it was kind of like, that. I, that's exactly how I felt. Because I thought, I, if you're going state, I, I don't, I just don't see it against Utah. Um, I know Draymond, you know, can kind of do some things with Rudy, but I just don't think they're deep enough. I think Utah is just like thoroughbreds right now. Like they just can run so many guys at you and, just shoot you out of the gym as much as like, you know, Steph could shoot them. So I I think, you know, the Suns were probably a better matchup for them in some ways. And so I, I just, I don't know. I agree. Like I looked at that body language and it's like, how hard do you, you know, I, they're competitors. I'm sure they'll go hard, but I, I, I think talent, you said this early on this podcast, sometimes you just pick talent. I just think Memphis has more talent right now overall. Like I know Steph's like top three MVP type guy. I know Draymond's like who he is, but, I don't know. I think top to bottom, I think Memphis is better. But the game is in Golden State, right? So that could be the, the deciding yeah. factor. Yeah, but again, like we're just getting, you know, we're Philly's just getting to like eleven thousand fans. I mean, what's how many are in Oracle? Like, like three? Are they up to that yet? This is a stupid thing to think about, but sometimes I think about it. The loser of this, like for the the Hornets, this is a big deal. They ended up with like a two, four, six, eight, like between an eight and a nine percent shot of the top four pick, the loser of this Memphis Warriors game will get like just over two percent. It's not zero. They'll have yes. a default, a fallback. Like they, the the Golden State Warriors could end up with like two top five picks. Yeah, I, I just I don't know my 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 instincts, my basketball watching instincts, which you know I've been wrong as you know as many times as I've ever been right. Just just tell me Memphis. Memphis wins this game, and I think Memphis. I think Memphis gets a game from Utah. I think you know. I think it's like <laughs> to, to borrow from Woj and Low. I think it's like fun. I think it's a fun series. I think Ja. You know. I think everyone gets like their chance to see Morant and like I, who I'm like really bullish on. Actually, we talked about Atlanta consolidating. I think Memphis, man. I, if Jaron Jackson can kind of get figured out, he had kind of had a weird year with that injury. I mean, that, to me, that's a team that's like. I don't know if they're willing to pay the tax and keep some guys and, and maybe, you know, get creative and getting like one more really big piece there. I really yeah. like, I really like the talent they have on that team. Like, yeah, maybe they can really do like, like it. Like warriors when they traded for Iguodala type of trade, like a secondary yep. perfect complimentary star. It's All what right. They next can. series. Yeah. Go ahead. Next series. 
Um, so wait, did you pick? Who are you picking? Warriors or Grizzlies? Who are you I'll, I'm going to take the Warriors, okay. and then I'm going to. But I'm going to say that it's the same deal. I think Utah wins in, uh, you know, maybe five or six. I guess with Steph, it's tough to just write them off and say five games because he's he could just be a nuclear player. Um, but I think I think the next game is going to be a coin flip, and I definitely wouldn't be surprised if Memphis won. But uh, I'm going to give it to uh, to the Warriors. Okay. Okay, and so then we and maybe we have Jazz advancing against either. Right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So then four or five. That's, I'm I'm really interested in this one. So Clippers Mavs. What what are your thoughts? Which one are we doing? Clippers Mavs. Um, yeah, just to stay on that on that side of the bracket. I I have the Clippers coming out of the West, so I, I definitely have them winning this series. Um, could they do it in in five or seven? I guess is what I'm asking myself. I think they could do it in five. Um, I think they were really disappointed last year when the game, when the series went six, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Porzingis looked pretty good when the bubble started, but he hasn't looked good since. So I don't think it's going to be the most competitive series. I know Luca has some magic, but I feel strongly about the Clippers. What do you think? Same, same. I actually like watching the Mavericks this year. I was like really disappointed in the roster that, Dallas put together and um, sort of felt like kind of bad for Luca because to me, when you have a player that talented, like any season that gets wasted when like, you know, without like a pretty legitimate, like championship roster, I think is like pretty frustrating because we've, we've, we've lived that for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and um, I just don't think that roster is that good. You know, I think they've got some guys I like, there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with them, but it's, it's not good enough. And um I think there'll be one game of, of some Luka magic. You know, I think it'll be five, but I think the Clippers win that. I, I like the roster even more when they had Seth Curry. Like I would, now, now we, we kind of got off the rooting thing, um, but I would obviously be rooting for the Mavericks, like significantly. Because I, you know, spoiler alert, like I also think the Clippers come out of the West. So. Yeah, I'll be rooting against them every series, basically. Yeah. Okay, so you want to do the 3-6, Nuggets and, and Blazers? Nuggets, Blazers, I have... I have the Blazers winning. What do you think? Whoa. Okay. So yeah, I totally disagree. I I got the Nuggets winning. And or what do you think? How do you do you I have just, a I just think, for that series? I I mean, I just think you I mean, I just think like we're talking about Steph and like, you know, what he's able to do and thinking that like they could maybe stretch Utah to to 6. Um you know, you've got Jokic and you know, I know they're missing Murray, but there's still a lot of talent on that team. A lot of talent, yeah, and, and Porter and, Jr. has emerged. And, and he's emerged, and, you know, again, like, we talked a little before the, the pod, like, I've kind of gone away from, like, getting stuck in the numbers too much, but my understanding is, like, Portland's got, like, one of, like, the all-time worst defenses, like, in NBA history, um, and it feels like the Nuggets could just absolutely fill it up on them, and I feel like the Nuggets have some, like, underrated guards, like, Monty Morris and, those, like, some of those guys that, like, obviously aren't going to, like, stop Lillard or CJ, but, like, you know, I think can like can defend. Like, I think they can. You know, do as good as any anyone can. So, I don't think like they're going to be over like expose so much like so much more than like you know any any decent team would be. So, I don't know. I just think I think Jokic is is too good. Um, you know, to go out in the first round. I I could see it going like six games, but you know, with home court and um, the altitude, <laughs> right? The altitude. Yeah, the altitude is um, a big factor. I don't know. I just I don't see. I don't see. I don't see that narrative of Jokic going out in the first round. 
the but, but that would be that would be an interesting narrative if if you figure he's pretty much a lock to be MVP, right? And and then they go out in the first round. That's that's would be kind of interesting. We've seen Dirk Nowitzki win an awkward MVP in that way. Giannis's was kind of awkward, just the way they lost in five to the Heat. Okay, so what's your? Give me your. What, why do you think the Blazers? And and I'm I would to be clear, I would be rooting for the. Eh, this might be one where I'm kind of like agnostic. Like I wouldn't really care because I, I like Lillard's probably my favorite non-sixer in the NBA, and I I love seeing him have success. Success, um, but also I I do like the Nuggets and the idea of like MD getting to play Jokic, uh, which is unlikely. I don't think that'll happen, but that would be appealing to me as well. So I, I'm probably agnostic as far as rooting for. I think in terms of matchup, you're right. Their defense is really bad. Only the only the Sacramento Kings were worse per 100 possessions. Um, but I think that Lillard is not as obviously not as good this season as Jokic, but I think he's on par with him in terms of superstar talent. Like he's in a similar tier where he's probably going to make an all NBA team uh, first or second. And so I think that the top end talent on that series errors a little bit towards the Blazers there. So I think they win that series in six. Okay. All right. Um, interesting. That was like one of the ones I think we've only had like one or two that we, we disagreed on. So uh, last but not least for the this first round. So Suns Lakers. Suns Lakers. That's a tough one. What do you think? I'm going to say Lakers in seven. Wow. Lakers in seven. Okay. I, I, I like the Suns and I think Paul makes them legit. I think that, um, I think that they're not going to be afraid of the Lakers. And I think they've got actually a really good team. I think, um, I just think they're, they're balanced the right way. They've got the right players at the right positions. Um, they, we kind of just complement each other well. And, 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 you know, we haven't talked about vibes, but it feels like the vibes there are kind of like Philly-esque this season. Just everyone's kind of feeling good. Um, <laughs> Dario's there. Yeah. So I, I you know, the one thing that could change this is like we talk about Philly, like you're always being afraid of like an injury. Like I feel like, you know, LeBron and AD sometimes are like ticking time bombs. Like the way like AD is on the ground, like as much as Embiid is, he's missed as many games as Embiid has like the last, I think it's two seasons, um, which is interesting because it never really gets talked about, but um, you know, I, I had, think- I had Jordan Liggins on the pod and, and, She's a huge Lakers fan. She hosts the Spinsters Pod with Haley O'Shaughnessy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she refers to him as Glassman. She's like, he falls. I'm terrified he's going to be hurt for the year. He's Glassman. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, it's hard. You know, so, 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 like, you know, again, like, I'm trying not to, like, factor any of that stuff in. But, you know, one of those guys, like, if something happens, like, it's over. The Suns would win that series, in my opinion, like, pretty easily if, if one of those guys goes down. And, and that's true for, like, every series, essentially, like, but it just feels like like I could see that more happening because the Lakers like, you know, having to play this extra game and I don't know. I know LeBron's like trying to set up this narrative a little bit that he's not a hundred percent. I don't know. I'll, you know, I'll take him a little bit at his word, but um, I do think the Suns will show up for that series, and I, I do think I do think it'll go to seven. Yeah, but I think I, you know I can't I, I can't I can't say that he's gonna I can't no way LeBron and AD I can say are going out in the first round. Just, I feel terrible doing it, but I think I'm going to pick the Suns. Um, and I know nice. it's, it's like preposterous I'm, I'm, to pick against LeBron because LeBron just always makes the finals no matter what, if he's healthy. Um, but I don't think he that, No, that's, I mean, 
this this narrative is interesting. This would be an interesting narrative too. Just like you know, what what does the league look like without without him or Steph really playing like prominent roles in the playoffs? It, it would feel like we're moving into a new a new chapter of it. Yeah, it would be we. So we bookended a title with two injured seasons, like really his only injured seasons. He pulled a groin in yep. 2019, he won it in 2020, and then this year it's a high ankle that he's already retweaked. And I don't know, I, I was trying to see what Anthony Davis was saying to LeBron after the game when Rachel Nichols was trying to interview him about seeing three. And uh-huh. I feel like it just felt to me like maybe Davis was apologizing, like, thanks for thanks for doing this tonight. I was not myself or something. Because he <laughs> looked really unaggressive. And I know that the story coming into that game was LeBron's ankle, but they both got ankle issues this year. So I think between the two of them, uh, the Suns are going to win that series, even though so, it'll go seven. Yeah, so we're on the same vibe then. Like we both think like that's like one where like an injury it feels like there's something that could happen there. For sure, it's, you know the chance that LeBron aggravates and the chance that Davis does combined has me leaning Suns in seven. Okay, so we go Jazz Clippers second round. We're both taking the Clippers, right? Pretty, yeah. pretty straightforward. Like, I, like I think six, so. six eighty. Yeah, Clippers win it at home. Okay. Yep. No, nobody's you. rooting for them. <laughs> yeah. Not even in yeah. LA. <laughs> um, and then, so then we're kind of mixed up here. So I have the Nuggets. I have Nuggets. Lakers. You you have Blazers. Suns. So give me <laughs> give me your give me your Blazers. Suns. Um, I think I would take the Suns again if that were to happen. Yeah, um, I would. I would too. If that's the if that's the lineup, I think it's Suns. If you get through the, the Suns Lakers, are good, man. I think the Suns are good. I really do. I'm with you. I, I you know, I, I can't. I just can't pick against LeBron and AD. But I'm with you. I, I totally see where you're coming from on, on that call. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely off on something here because the Lakers are favored in that series against the Suns. But um, yeah, and and maybe they start to lose value because on uh, DeAndre Ayton is not a good defender in the pick and roll, and that's that's going to get he's going to get hammered with that. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit biased because the, the games where the Suns are on TV, their bench unit plays so ridiculously well, like campaign hits all these threes every time I watch. <laughs> so, so I might have an overestimated opinion of them, but uh, I guess I would take them again against Portland. Okay. So if let's, let's say in my alternate universe, it's, it's Nuggets Lakers. Who would you take in that? If that happens to be who it is. If the if the Lakers beat the Suns, I think it means they're healthy enough to <clears throat> to win the next series. Excuse me. So yeah, take the Lakers. Jokic AD would be really, really quote unquote fun. Um, but I I agree with you. I think I think I would take the Lakers getting through the Nuggets. And if, if Murray again, if Murray's healthy, <clears throat> not to like bite off of Zach Lowe, but I I think I would have probably taken the Nuggets um, over the Clippers. Um, I put my, I put a hundred dollars down on the Nuggets to win it. It's probably like the first week of April, like a hundred to win eighteen hundred because I was well, what, really good about them. And then I, um, Murray injury. Yeah, that's what I told Dan from uh, Process Potables. Like he kind of like was stunned because he's not like, super high on the Nuggets. And I said like they've they've kind of always been like my team, like West Coast team. Like I just I love I love them. I just always thought that like I, I really like team. I guess again this is like because we watched the Sixers for so long. We're scarred. I, I love teams that are like well balanced. And like all the pieces sort of fit and and like the nuggets were that like they kind of had like murray and then they had you know harris before like his shooting like disappeared from his body um <laughs> and then like barton was kind of that like rangy sort of like 
you know, didn't really know what you were going to get, but like high motor, like high energy kind of. The you thing. loved Barton as a buy low candidate for the 60s. I love, yeah, I love, you know, I, he's, and now he's banged up too. I think I was reading or I heard that. I didn't realize that. But um, yeah, yeah. And then I think, you know, MPJ and, and having Aaron Gordon, um, I think, I think they'll play the Lakers tough. I think that would be like a six game, maybe even seven game series. Um, but again, to your point, if the Lakers were to get to the Suns, I think that that would mean that they're relatively healthy. And um, I do think they would get through to the Eastern Conference, or I'm sorry, Western Conference Finals. So we both think, we both think the Clippers are going to go to the finals. So we have Clippers, mm-hmm. Sixers, Sixers with the home court because of the Orlando game. <laughs> what do you, what do you, uh, what do you take? Um, man, as a, this is a Sixers pod, but I think I would take the Clippers to win the series. If, the, if I would feel differently. So I'm saying that now, cause I think the Clippers have a better chance to win the title at this point. Um, no, I'm, yeah, I'm changing my mind as I speak. If, if the Sixers made it there, I'd be very impressed because they beat a really good Bucks or Nets team. Yep. And they have home court. So I think I would feel very differently once I've seen it. But ha- having not seen it yet, I'm leaning towards the Clippers. Like, I think I wrote a piece saying, like, the Sixers won the game, but it was a moral loss <laughs> to the Clippers. <laughs> that game where they didn't have Kawhi and we barely won. Yeah. Yeah. So I might be scarred from that. But so if from you an- talk to me before the finals, I would probably change my mind. Change your mind. You're in- I think you're entitled. It's, it's so far off. You're kind of entitled to do yeah. that. What? Is that your favorite narrative, like, uh, as far as Western Conference? Like, there's the, like, Embiid versus Jokic. There's, like, Utah, Philly kind of has, like, the weird thing. Um, you know, obviously, Philly, L.A., Lakers is, like, you know, always something 20 years, ago, you know, ago. But, you but, mean if I could have, like, the Sixers beat anyone? Well, not even, not even like, if you could have them beat anyone. Just from, like, the, like, narrative standpoint of, like, you know, being, like, excited about the matchup and, like, all the different sort of like subplots and storylines, like which is most compelling to you? The most compelling would be they, they just beat LeBron. I mean, he's the greatest of all time, if not Jordan. So I think that would be the most exciting. That would be the most eyes on Philadelphia. Okay. I think the whole world would be watching that. Um, after that, it would be pretty, pretty damn awesome to say you got revenge on Kawhi after that. I actually have it. I would have it flipped. I would have, um, I actually would have the Lakers kind of further down. I would have um, the Clippers be first um, because I just think there's so many subplots, like even down to like Rondo being on that team and oh, <clears> yeah, Doc, yeah. Doc having Rondo like an old and, team and Rondo. Yeah, and, like Doc's old team. The step and then, over like, of Ty Lue. And then like Seth's, you know, Seth's wife's relationship with like Paul George and like, <laughs> like you know, t- Tobias being traded, like basically being like, you're not good enough for this like version of team we want to build and like getting rid of him like i don't know to, to me there's a lot there i actually would put utah next because i just think like there legitimately seems to be bad, bad blood between those two always teams. about the awards rookie of the year dpoy so, so i feel like that would be compelling and then obviously to your point i think lakers would be like you know lebron and ad and you know lebron and, wouldn't give us a meeting that's that's one we could talk about yeah so i that would have them kind of in, in those three i i would take if the sixers make the finals which i guess i'm predicting them to do because i think they'll face the bucks and not the nets and if they face the nets i don't think they'll win the series because my my biggest fear of this of this postseason for the sixers is that 
They just can't score enough. And I think their defense is good enough against most teams, except for the Nets and maybe the Clippers, um, of just not being able to score enough points. Like our defense just not like no matter how good our defense is, the other team's offense is better. And we just can't, you know, we can't get out and run enough and we can't find enough points. That that's that's probably my biggest fear. And and I think it would come to light most likely against the Nets. So if we made it to the finals and it was the Clippers, I would take us. I would take the Sixers. Yeah, I think I might feel that way by then too. If, if you beat the Nets or if you beat the Bucks, I would think this team could beat anyone. I might start to even feel the, the bit of the destiny vibe. <laughs> we'll see, man. It's it's exciting. It's really exciting. Are you gonna like try to get to any games? Like, what's your mo for like the playoffs? What what do you? What's your normal like? Whatever the new normal is, are you gonna like crack a couple beers and sit in front of the fridge? You're gonna go out. What's what's they really do? I'll probably just like be at home watching on TV with piles of snacks. <laughs> Snack time. Okay. Yeah, you know, I might have some wine after the game or something. Okay, just to cool down. I, to to I, unwind after the te- intensity. Yeah. I um, yeah, I I I have like a bad habit of like snacking and like late night when I'm like trying to stay up for these West Coast games and I need like caffeine and carbohydrates to like drive my body. This 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 time of year always like destroys me, especially like I, I watch these West Coast around. games at night and then I wake up and there's popcorn all over my floor and I'm like, <laughs> that's great, that's great. Well. Um, I think that pretty much covers it, man. I don't really have anything else. I appreciate you letting me uh, let me hop on and kind of speak my mind uh, on the. No, playoffs. no, we we definitely have to do it again. Maybe we should um, maybe we should bring on with you and another one of our fan buddies to to like chop it up with. That'd be great. Yeah, I've been trying to like you know get around and kind of give everyone a little bit of love. There's so many good podcasts, man. There really are. Like, there's people who are really doing a good job and um, have some interesting things to say, like you know Trill and, and Dan and our two guys I you know, like really appreciate just like always have me on Chris Lewis is a, is a dude who grew up here in Jersey and uh actually lives out in Idaho now he's he's an awesome follow on Twitter and um, Chris Lewis just blasted me he I uh, said if you're gonna worry about the Wizards then you shouldn't be a Sixers <laughs> fan <laughs> I was like man I worry about everything I'll worry about the Knicks too oh uh, you sound like legs man you sound like legs don't go uh <laughs> not, that, not that I wouldn't pick us but I will at least be nervous got it so um yeah man we'll do we'll do it again we'll do it again um do you have any do you have any pods of buddies or your or your own anything you're working on anything you want to plug no nah, man just um go give the go give potables a listen i think trill just renamed his i think it's you know ball you know ball yeah so um check him out for sure um all good people man just my only thing man just be nice to people um you know, on Twitter, like, you know, it's, it's easy for us to get frustrated and take it out on each other. Like one person, you know, says something that, you know, is, is, you know, I don't know, against Ben Simmons or MB and people jump down their throat, man, just everyone just enjoy it as much as you can, you know, get out, see friends, watch it with some people and, you know, take it in, man. It's been 20 years since like realistically legitimately had this opportunity. So um, I can attest to you, like this doesn't happen that often. So, yes, yes, I agree with that. Well said. All right, man. Well, thank All right, you thanks again. so much. All right. Talk to you.